0: Greetings and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings. I am your humble host, a sorcerer of the fourth level of Podcastry. I have grown in power and wisdom quickly. Befriend me or fear me. Welcome to Rabbits Ramblings Podcast 4. For those curious, I wouldn't really play a major sorcerer. I'm not that into the caster types. I would much prefer a rogue uh, split with either probably cleric or warrior or maybe bard. It depends on the game. But yeah, that's me. In this first section, I want to talk about soloing, grouping, and raiding. There's advantages and disadvantages to each, and I'm sure while everybody knows them, I'd like to just throw out there the rabbit opinions on the various things. With soloing, you get a nice break from others. Maybe you work with people all day. Maybe you have children that want your attention all the time. Maybe you just wanna unload and take a break from having a stressful day. But soloing gives you a nice break. You get to to control your environment in that you control how quickly or how slowly you take up quests. You can get up and walk away from the desk if you want to take a break, go to the bathroom, get a drink or whatever. You don't have to worry about anybody waiting on you. And you don't have to worry about anybody doing anything you don't like, like uh, pulling at a faster pace than you want or pulling you know a different group of critters than you were expecting people to pull or any of that kind of stuff. It's all about you. Soloing also lets you feel like you've accomplished something good. You, you can do a goal or you can you know meet certain conditions and you can do it on your own you're capable of doing things without needing other people's help of course sometimes we want other people's help but it's nice to know we can do things on our own soloing also allows you to control the pace as i mentioned you can choose if you want to do just one quest or you want to do a couple of quests in a row or maybe you want to do three or four quests all at the same time in one area you get to decide how many quests you want to do what area you want to do them in. You control all the flow and the speed and the pacing and everything. And you don't have to worry about other people having different opinions or different preferences for that. You can just do whatever you want. But soloing can get lonely. In my own life, and it seems so in my online life as well, I am often forced to solo for long periods of time. In EverQuest 1, In Dark Age of Camelot, in World of Warcraft, in City of Heroes, in City of Villains, in Earth and Beyond. In every MOG I've actually played, it seems like I've spent more time soloing and being alone than I have grouping. In some games, I've spent pretty much my entire time alone. Like in Earth and Beyond, I think there was only two times ever that I grouped during the entire time I played but I'm kinda going off on a tangent there. Groups are really good if you want to achieve a bigger goal. In groups you have a specific role, you have a specific function and purpose that you serve for the group. This can be good because you're contributing to a group. You're taking part in a, a group effort and you're donating a little piece of a bigger thing. You're a part of something bigger than just you. It's not just you soloing. It's now about a group of people doing something together. But it can also be bad in that you can be seen just as a you know a cleric or a tank or you know DPS, and you're viewed not as an actual person, an individual, but somebody of that class, a member of you know the healing group. We need a cleric. Okay, let's get a cleric. Let's get that guy. And it, it, you know, that really makes you feel not so much as an individual and valued as a person, but just this person filling the role. And so roles are good because they let you know what you're going to do and they let you feel like you're a part of something bigger. But they can also really pigeonhole you and make you feel like you are just a cleric. You're just a heel bot. You're not an actual person with feelings. And people really have to remember that and they always have to take care of the people in their group. And always remember that these are people with feelings. They're, you know, people just like you and me, and and they're on the other side of that screen, and they aren't just a heal bot. They aren't just a tank. They aren't just DPS. They're real people with real feelings. So don't always just, you know, let it be about the game. But, you know, remember there's real people involved, and real people have real feelings. I like grouping, but I find that finding a group that I enjoy is difficult. And I realize part of this may be the fault of the game because, you know, online gaming is very different than pen and paper role-playing game. And I grew up with pen and paper role-playing games. And there's there's a very different focus on, you know, the role-playing aspect of it, but also the way you handle the dungeon. Most of the time in online games, everyone is rushing to get the result they want to get the loot at the end they want to just push the buttons and get to the end and be done with it there isn't the same kind of slower pace tension and getting to know the other players and interacting with the other players that there is in pen and paper gaming and i really miss that with online gaming but i would rather you know fight cautiously and slowly then charge in without care and just trying to get to the end and beat the boss and then get to the next thing and you know charge through and beat the boss. So you have to really focus on you know finding a group and finding friends in game that have similar interest with you know as you in terms of the group pacing and how the group interacts with one another. Uh, back with um, Final Fantasy 11, I actually found that there is a completely different way people play in Japan. Because I was on a server that apparently was very popular with the Japanese. And so what would happen is during the day, the Americans would be there because, you know, it's daytime and evening for us. And then in the very, very early morning hours when pretty much all the Americans were asleep, um, I'm West Coast. So if I stayed up really late, like, you know, three or four in the morning, it, you know, it's it's most of the American people were gone. But the Japanese people were starting to wake up and show up. And once I got into a group, and it was really interesting seeing how they interacted compared to the average American people. With them, I think it took like half an hour just to form the group. Somebody would come in, and they would bow, and they would wave, and they would say hi, and then they'd bow to the other person. And there was a lot of waiting and a lot of talking. I think they were talking about strategies and where to go. They were talking you know, Japanese characters, so I didn't know what they were saying. But there was a lot of... Just uh, the role-playing social aspects that don't seem to be there in, you know, I hate to say it like this, but American play. Americans are just like, oh, hey, uh let's go over here. Okay, let's go over there. And then, bam, you're there. And it's like, you know, five minutes later, you're done with the dungeon. Okay, bye. And they leave, and they don't even, you know, they don't even say anything other than that. And you're lucky even sometimes if they actually say goodbye even. So it's really kind of important to find people with similar interests and find, you know, similar similar taste in grouping, I suppose you can say, uh, to get the most of your game. I mean, it's not about getting the loot and getting there, you know, to the end as fast as you can. I I mean, admittedly, for some people it is. But, you know, speaking as somebody who's gamed for 30 plus years, enjoy the experience. Take the time to get to know the people. Take the time to enjoy the dungeon. I mean, you know, you burn through the content and just do it over and over and over. You're going to get, Bored and sick of it, you know. Spend a little bit extra time, you know. Instead of spending, you know, twenty minutes, thirty minutes in the dungeon, you know, chill. You know, you know, take forty, forty minutes to an hour. You know, just take it easy, have fun with it. You know, look around, enjoy the art that the developers put into it. Enjoy, you know, the crafting of the person who designed the modeling of the monsters. You know, of course, don't look at them so much and go, oh hey, look at how cool he is. Oops, he killed me. You know, but, you know, enjoy it. I mean, people put work into this stuff for a reason. They want you to enjoy it. It's not just, you know, a digital square box that hits you so many times. You know, there's, there's animations, there's colors, there's, you know, design and sound. And enjoy it all. Don't just run through it so fast you go, Woo, that was easy. Let's go to the next one. You know, just enjoy it. Take your time. Well, I admit I haven't done a whole lot of raiding because back with the older games, it didn't really exist. I mean, it was there in EverQuest One, but it wasn't quite the same thing. I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, you know, it'd take like six hours to to beat a plane when the once the planes came in, but it wasn't the same kind of thing that we think of today when we say raid. Um, to me, a raid is kind of like a performance or a play. It goes beyond just your normal role in a group because you're having, you know, multiple people with the same roles, but you each have a different specific part, quote unquote, you know, like a character in a play or a movie or a TV show. You have a script that you need to follow. You have the tactics and the strategies and... You know, the raid knows this works and this doesn't work. So it's not just about your part, but you have to play this part in a certain way with certain timing and certain efficiency in order to win. So it's not just like group where you go in and you do a dungeon and it's like you have a lot of flexibility. It's more about the performance. It's like you got to get this, you know, performance down and you have to know your part and you have to know your timing. I've never really been into that. Um, I enjoy the, the loots, obviously, um, but I don't know if I enjoy it so much from a you have to be a performer performing your role instead of you have to be a person who knows their class and their strategies and is good at doing them. I would much rather have a small dungeon, you know, just five man, six man, whatever a single group is in any particular given game, and have it, you know, randomized a little bit just enough so that you have to know your strategies and you have to be good at what you're doing in order to win, as opposed to knowing a script and following a preset, you know, do A, do B, do C. You know, I want some, some challenge and some some thought involved. But I realize a lot of people can't deal with that, and they, they're much happier with the, the scripted format of a raid where they have a specific role to play. I realize guilds are supposed to help with this sort of thing. You know, you're in a guild, you can solo if you want, you can group if you want, you can raid if you want. It's all up to you. The guild is there, and in theory, it should support you. In my experience, though, and, you know, this is probably partly my fault in that I'm kind of picky about my guilds that I've joined, I really haven't had that that much support, I suppose you could say. In World of Warcraft, although I'm not playing currently because my computer, you know, isn't a gaming computer and it can no longer keep up with the game for some reason. But in there I have a really tiny guild. And the guild before the guild I'm in now was also a really tiny guild. So what that means is that I've spent, you know, pretty much my whole time whenever I go online, there's only like one or two people on. And they're usually not in the same level range or they're usually not in the same area. And that's like, you know, okay, there's this guild of people, you know, I know in theory better than strangers. But I never really group with them. So I don't really get that support that I'm supposed to have. In theory, though, you know, guilds are supposed to be a really big deal and really helpful. And, you know, if you want to solo, you can just turn off guild chat. Or if you want to just hang out with maybe one or two people. And, you know, sort of not really group, but not really solo. You can do that, too, if there's people in your level range. Or you can just, uh, you know, kind of chill. Take a day off and just help somebody out who's maybe a lower level. And just uh, show them around, you know, help them out with quests. And just kind of hang out and chill. And that's, uh, that's cool. So that's the end of section one. Which uh, it turned out to be super rambly, but uh, hopefully gives you some things to think about. Maybe you didn't think about before. Maybe you you preferred one style over the other, but you never really thought about it much as to why. Or maybe you have you know good group experience or bad group experience, but again, you didn't really think about why. So maybe, hopefully, you guys have some stuff to think about. And uh, at the very least, hopefully it was entertaining and you laughed at some of my funny voices. So we'll be back with section two after the break. But it's a mystery, and I don't like mysteries. Give me a bellyache, and I got a beauty right now. Oh, hi there. Ye be anchored at Rabbit's Cove. We hope you will be taking advantage of our many fine black market establishments. And do stop by Jack Rabbit's Pub for your free rum, however. Continuing the theme of sort of the first section... I want to talk about rewards achievements and recognition rewards can come in many forms such as loot dropping you you get tokens from you know special events that you can purchase loot from or you can get them just in general in a surprise like with a chest randomly found in uh, the road they even come in forms that we don't normally think of like experience as a reward or levels are a reward or even being able to spend talent points is a reward. Even the sounds that you hear um, throughout your adventure are a reward. People talking to you from quest givers or sounds like when you level up or you get a skill point or whatever. Those are rewards as well. But rewards are those little things that tend to keep us playing the game. It keeps us interested in advancing forward. Rewards can also come from players though. Just a simple thank you for healing or helping them by giving them, you know, an item they need or, you know, just meeting them on the road and talking to them for a bit can be a little rewarding. From what I recall, achievements are pretty new in PC gaming. They've been around in console gaming for a little bit longer, but they're they're overall a new idea. Um I don't remember seeing them until the past few years but they give you something to work on. You can work towards a specific goal. It's, you know, kind of like quests or specific goals, but achievements are ones that don't have a quest giver. They just happen, you know, in a certain spot or by doing a certain thing, and they allow you to to focus on doing different things other than, you know, the standard quest format. I think recognition is probably the biggest reason why players keep playing a game, be that a single player game they play repeatedly or Uh, an online game that they get recognition for doing things you know via achievements or rewards you know are both a form of recognition or you know sometimes they do something and it spams it across the server in chat so everybody knows so and so did this and those those are good in that they make the player feel good, they make the player feel valued, they make the player feel like hey I did something and other people know about it, I didn't do it just for myself. But getting some kind of recognition in an achievement or, you know, another reward like loot or, you know, a title or something, that gives the player really something to be proud of. It's something, you know, it's not permanent because when you leave the game it's gone, but it may leave a, a permanent mark on their memory. They may be able to remember, hey, I got this really cool title or I got this really cool award or I got this cool achievement that I liked in this one game. And that, that can make them feel good for years, possibly you know, something they remember the rest of their lives. And I think short-term, uh, within the game, it's very important to recognize players' achievements to other players. Like with crafting, That's that's an easy example that most people can relate to is that in most games, crafting has sort of a brand that the player puts on there. Usually it's their name. Um, It would be cool if it was something else, but almost always it's their name. And you see, you know, you look at the item that's crafted and it says made by so-and-so. And so so that allows them to get sort of a reputation and, and feel like, you know, what they did will matter. It will be around for a while to come. And Word of mouth can really do a lot for a player's ego. They can say, hey, such and such is really good at this craft. You should go to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really like that I'm. I'll write their name down and I'll go talk to them next time I want to do that. So, recognition, I think, is really important to keep players interested and also build sort of a community within players. You know, they, they see the recognition of the other player and they're like, hey, I want to do that. I want to be recognized for doing something cool as well. That makes me think about the aspects of community, and I haven't really seen community be very strong in games in uh, quite some time. Back with EverQuest 1, when the server was young and, and we were around release time, the community was really strong. There were a few people who were known for certain crafts and a few people who were known, you know, at the top of their class. You know, they were first to whatever class. And there were people like me who were a little bit unusual. You know, I was the dark elf cleric who, you know, usually was outside the dungeon waiting the group, or I was holding service in a particular place. And if you needed, you know, help with your low character getting buffed, you know, you could count on me to be there. So I think there's a lot of importance with community that is kind of lost these days. I don't know if that's really the developer's fault, but... Um, I think it has more to do with the games just becoming so large now that the communities are becoming enormous. You know, you get so many thousands of players on the server, and there's really not much you can do about it. I think what developers are really counting on is that these, you know, servers full of, you know, thousands and thousands of players break up into the smaller communities of their guild, and I think they're hoping that within their guild they have that recognition and they have that acknowledgement of uh, player to player but i think i i really miss the days of uh, the early online games when you know you were on a server and you said hey i need you know this kind of item who's a good crafter for this and you know you you ask you know maybe a dozen people and a couple of them will give you the same answer and that really it really felt like a strong community because it's like players knew other players and even though They might not have met a certain player, like, my reputation kind of preceded me um, during the EverQuest 1 days because I was a Dark Elf Cleric. There were only, I think when I left there were a few more, but in the bulk of my playtime I was one of only like three on the whole server. So I had a lot of recognition just for that. Maybe it's just because I come from a pen and paper background but I really miss a lot of that recognition in online gaming these days. Back in the day, you know, you had it a little bit. You had reputation precede you. I actually had a macro um, when I would res people. And my reputation preceded me because of that macro. It was that I would convince a person to send me a towel by asking them if they were ready to be resed. And so, you know, they were the last person in my queue. So I hit this macro button that would auto-reply. I return your body to you, but a piece of your soul remains forever mine. And that phrase apparently got around, you know, through the the grapevine to so many people that by the time I was raiding, there were people who I'd never met before, you know, except for until that raid, who refused to let me res them after we wiped because they'd heard that I had this saying. And that was really cool. And you just don't find that these days anymore. And I think... I really miss that because it it was, you know, it was taking me back to the days of the pen and paper gaming where you really knew your group. You knew the personalities of the other people of the group. And reputations did precede people. Like, there was a half-lane cleric who... Who pretty much everybody knew because he was the only Halfling cleric. And I saw him once and I was like, Oh hey, you're the Halfling Cleric and he's like, Oh hey, you're the Dark Elf cleric. And we had that bond. These kind of bonds just don't seem to exist anymore outside of within guild you know, within guild structure, you have those reputations of people. But it doesn't really exist outside of that. It's not like a world, you know, world reputation anymore. And I really miss that. So that's it for segment two. Uh, Hopefully you had something you could relate to and enjoyed it. And we'll be right back with segment three. After the break. Familiar things can set the mood for gaming. That can be sounds of rolling dice. It can be sounds of shuffling cards. It can be smells of your favorite gaming foods. For computer gaming, it can be the login sound or the music that it plays while it's starting up the game. Setting up your area to game or setting up a space to game with your friends for the evening really helps to set the mood. That can be anywhere from setting up food or setting up a battle mat and maybe you've got some uh, miniatures and some some tiles or some other building structures for the miniatures as well and sometimes too it's just hanging out with your friends where you're gonna game before gaming you know just getting sort of out of your regular mood and into your gaming mood back in the day when i played with a regular group of gamers we used to play over the weekend we would meet usually around Friday afternoon depending on who was working and when they got off even though you know we were teenagers and mostly we didn't we didn't have work um and then we would sort of hang out and sort of you know update the characters and talk about whatever rule changes were were in place and sort of uh, set the mood we'd have dinner and by the time we were done with dinner you know we were done hanging out and talking about regular stuff and then we were like fully in the mood and then we would play the game through the evening and then uh, play all day on Saturday and into Sunday afternoon. I expect probably not a lot of people can do that who aren't teenagers. Um, Obviously, having sleepovers and long periods of play are rare, especially now if you're into computer gaming. But there's also computer gaming stuff that sets the mood. I mean, you you get a drink or you get your snack and you set your area up and you put on your music if you're into music. And you, you sort of set the mood for yourself to to have your, your area ready to play. All of this sets you into a familiar space, mentally and physically. And familiar spaces really really help you sort of set a timeless quality to your gaming. It puts you into a space that has you know, no, no bearing on the real world time. It just is the game time. And it continues right where it left off, be that a week ago, a month ago, or more. Games themselves can create a familiar space. Uh, Goldbox D&D did this for many, many years over several games by establishing you know, a, a game set in the predetermined universe of Dungeons and & Dragons. And they followed pretty much a similar linear story. I know they weren't all totally connected. But they followed a, a similar plot, and the same goes as true with Mass Effect and Dragon Age. They have set up these universes and they've established characters and plot lines and people are familiar with them. They really know what's going on. When you're playing in these pre-established universes that you're familiar with, you really want to continue the story. If an expansion comes out that continues the story of a particular NPC you enjoy hanging out with, you're going to pick up that expansion and you're going to enjoy the world that much more. I think this is probably part of the reason why some new series don't do so well. They don't have that pre-established universe. They don't have that pre-established base of knowledge that the player can draw upon and say yes, I remember this. This is familiar to me and I enjoyed playing the other one and I will enjoy playing this one. They may try and draw upon familiar elements of other games such as, this is a fantasy game, so we're going to have elves and dwarves and orcs because everybody expects there to be elves and dwarves and orcs in fantasy games. The problem is that things can be too familiar. They can seem generic. And I think this is where there's a fine line between familiarity and something that's new and different. The players have to have something new and different, yet they have to have something familiar. And yet they want to be in a familiar environment so that they feel relaxed and can enjoy a game and enjoy an experience that they come to expect i suppose you could say in some ways because we all have expectations of fantasy games being a certain way or science fiction games being a certain way so we want them to be familiar yet at the same time we want them to be different enough so that we find them interesting and new and fun to play i don't know if this rambling actually helps anybody But it certainly might give you a reason why you have your drink in a certain place on your desk or why you set your notepad up in a certain place on your desk or why you play at a certain time of the day or the week and why you have this certain special lucky charm you take with you whenever you're dungeoning or raiding and you have this little ritual, maybe you you kiss it for luck whenever you're rolling for loot. Maybe maybe this uh, section made you think about that stuff. Who knows? So that's it for podcast four. I can't believe we're at four already. I still don't know if anybody's actually listening to them, uh, but I'm certainly enjoying doing them. And hopefully people who are listening to them are having a good time uh, now and in the future. And um, that's pretty much all I can think of for this week. Oh, in um, good news. I forgot about my tax return. And uh, when I did it, I discovered I'm getting a reasonable chunk of change back. So I'll be a fair bit along the way towards a new laptop, which is gaming capable. Yay! But I'll still be a little short, so unless some donations come in or unless I get uh, some some more hours before the summer, it's probably still not going to happen until spring slash summer. But, you know, it's a few months from now. It's not so bad. Unless, you know, we have another disaster like last year. Last year in August, I was one paycheck away from getting a gaming laptop, and my car died. So that shot everything to poop. And, it you know, since I'm working so few hours, it's taken me, you know, the better part of it's going to be a year before I will have recovered that money. So, you know, it's not a really expensive car. It's was, it was like 1700 but, you know, that's, you know pretty much my entire bulk for the summer so good news I'm, I'm very close and very hopeful feeling about that those of you not listening to the podcast right when they come out um maybe i already have it. i don't know you are in the future i am in the present i do not know what you see there is one little last bit of business before we go and that will be coming up Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. Ha ha ha. The following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. Chris L be the only one, but he be donating a purple loot. Ha ha ha. It's better to be having one booty than no booty though. For with no booty, you have an empty treasure chest. And that'd be the saddest thing of all for a pirate. With this booty, the rabbit will be buying a galleon or flying to the moon. He hears there may be better job opportunities on the moon at the moment. Ha ha! So, yeah, that's it for podcast four. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Okay, thanks. Bye. In my life, and it seems more often than not, in my grouping life online, I'm forced... What? Gaming. Which was not a whole long, because a lot of the time... You know, within group. I mean, uh, you know, well, You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find my website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash dot html. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use a space, and be sure to put the one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2011 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.